Welcome to the Blue and White Brothers, the podcast all about Penn State football. Conversation and commentary from a fan perspective. I'm Tom Gaffman. And I'm Andy Gaffman. And we are the The Blue Blue and and White White Brothers. Brothers. Two brothers. Two takes. One team. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Blue and White Brothers. So glad to have you here for our second episode of this inaugural season of the Blue and White Brothers. And I have here with me today my brother, Tom Gaffman. Tom, how you doing? I'm great, man. I couldn't be better. This is uh, actually um, my final week here uh, in Denver, Colorado. Uh, I typically migrate back east for uh, the Penn State football season. Um so I'm just soaking up this Colorado fall for as long as I can before coming back and soaking up that East Coast fall, which we all have grown to love. And, and it's a care. good one here. I, the day, uh, it's a beautiful day here. I'm looking out the window um, the, and here in northern Baltimore County, colors start, just start uh, starting to turn. And uh, it's just, oh, man, it's a gorgeous day. Yeah, it's making I'm, me itch for Penn State football. I'm uh, excited. Yeah. A nice warm September or October game, sunny, like the the, the leaves are changing and dropping and smelling good. And Mm. nothing feels more right than having that accompanied by Penn State football. Um, We've got some excitement about uh, Penn State football, you and me, right right now. We've been sort of talking about the the team that we're going to be able to put on the field. And, um, you know, we've got some questions, I know, but... Overall, I think we've got a lot of excitement, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to do a preview for you of of the offense and of the defense, and uh, we're just going to go through it and talk about what we're what we're looking forward to, what we're wondering about, and um, yeah, let's jump right in. Okay, and uh, uh, um, let's start with the offense because I think for me that's like the biggest mystery. Uh, the biggest excitement is around the offense for me. Um, so let's start with just a, a, a big picture overview. We lost some, some, uh, contributors on offense and we also are going to see some new faces on offense. Uh, who do we I, got, Tom? I think we need to lead off with, we lost our offensive coordinator. He was, he, he, he took a job at Old Dominion. Uh, Ricky, Ricky Ronnie, Ronnie. Beca- became the head coach. Our offensive coordinator became the head coach of the Old Dominion. I don't even know what they are. Do you? No clue. The but dominators? Uh, <laughs> the old Dominion <laughs> Dominators. Um cross promoted with the Domino's uh denominator. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Uh so <laughs> our mom couldn't get the name of a pizza when we were kids. She, she couldn't say the word dominator and she called it the Domino's denominator. We made fun of her for years. It was a we fraction. Love you, mom. We love you, mom. <laughs> So, anyways, Kirk Shiraka steps in the yeah. offensive coordinator um, from Minnesota, the, the same Minnesota oh, team man. that beat us to end oh, our— They took us to town. They yeah. took us to school, didn't they? I watched that game on my phone in the middle of a wedding in a church. <laughs> Don't schedule the game during a Penn State. By the way, I also wish I hadn't watched the game. Um, uh, obviously, no. it was brutal. Uh, I was I was at a it was a, I'm a um, as I stated before I, I'm a Marine and I was with all my Marine Corps buddies uh, at a Marine Corps wedding and uh, they all understood. We were all sitting there like looking at our phones, like you know. And, and this is this is a um, 
Um, she's she the the woman he married is uh, South Pacific, and I and I, I want to say uh, uh, she's Filipino. And if I'm wrong on that, I I'm so sorry. You're toast. But but, but it, it was a like her whole family was in from like wherever they're from, and you know. There's this group of Marines that are just like <laughs> wild. We are just wild. And it, it was, we were like a sore thumb sticking out, you know, looking at our phones, not paying attention. Just like it was a nightmare. But hey, I watched the game. It sucked. We got, <laughs> we got torn up on off. Like our defense got torn up by their receivers, oh, by their quarterback. And, and it's Kirk Shiraka that, that, that done did it. You know, he turned and Tanner Morgan. Now, now he's now he's our guy. He turned Tanner Morgan, a, a by all counts leading into last season, a a I'd say you know widely regarded as a below average recruit. Um, and I think he was a walk on too for them. And he, dude, Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I, I, maybe if he wasn't a walk on, I think he was a walk on. And wow. he started as a freshman um, because of their in problems on, on the, with their depth chart and who they had uh, being able to take over that quarterbacking duty. But, okay, so Kirk Shiraka leaves Minnesota, um, leaves that prolific uh, job behind that, that, you know, he, he had a, he made, he made a prolific offense out of that he, he, offense. He put a stamp. He, he made a mark. Where, yeah. Where he so, was. so he, yeah. you know, home run hire, um, stepping in and replacing. And he's joined by two positional coaches. Correct. Who are new for us this year. Um, we have a new wide receivers coach and a new offensive line coach. Our, our, um, our receivers coach is uh, Taylor um, Stubblefield. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am, I, am I getting that right? <laughs> let's, let's say yes. And let's I, say. I think as a general statement, we're going to say, you know, because we're not broadcasters, we might mess these names up. And you're welcome to correct us because I do want to – Yeah. I do want to get the names right. Yeah, but any corrections will up, be ma- made in the show notes that don't even exist yet. So yeah, um, right. we'll get there maybe. So, yeah, so, so Taylor yes. Stubblefield, um, he's going to replace uh, Gerard Parker, uh, who I think went to uh, the coordinator position at West Virginia. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Which is a, you know, he, he was a, our... Good he for was, him. He, was, he had a big part in our offense in terms of, like, coordinating the offense. I think he was given a specific like coordinator title mm-hmm, i think it was passing mm-hmm. game coordinator maybe yeah um so so he 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 did a lot for us but we also really underperformed from a wide receiver standpoint last year few, by and large yeah yeah we'll so we got a, a new, lot of drops new wide receiver coach and then phil troutwine well hold on in. hold on to, oh. to, to, to discuss right. taylor for a second mr stubblefield mm. um if you aren't aware uh, Taylor, as a coach, he's been coaching for 14 years, um, and his most recent stop was at, at the Miami Hurricanes last year. But he's been a journeyman, so he's been, he's like coached all over. I I mean, he might have been at a different university all 14 years for all I know. It's he's had a lot of a lot of stops, but but as a player, um, I, this guy was uh, like all world. Okay, he he yeah, he, he set the gra- record. He in graduated the Big from 10. Purdue in two thousand four, um, and he uh, he finished his career with an NCAA record three hundred and twenty five receptions and ranked second in Big Ten history with three thousand six hundred and twenty nine yards, and he was a consensus All American and a finalist for the Blitnikoff Award, which is obviously given to the nation's most outstanding receiver. So. 
I mean, he holds records up and down the field for Purdue, including receiving touchdowns in a season. Um, he still owns the Big Ten record for career receptions, um, and it stood in, in and the NCAA record that uh, excuse me the NCAA receptions record stood until 2011. So he's he's no slouch in the department of of knowing how to be a college receiver. So yeah, so I'm hoping that when we'll talk about him and his impact on the on the unit um, later in the episode, but. I'm really hoping that he's going to make an impact for our wide receivers and get that receiving core where it needs to be because we need that. We oh, really need we that. need it bad. That's like that's like the that's the piece that is kind of the most un. I would say it is the piece that is the it's most unknown. Piece. And we're not trying yeah. to dive into the, the the actual wide receiver group uh, yet, um, but but really from a from a, a unit standpoint, an offensive all the offensive units, I, the wide receiver unit is probably the most. You know, just definitely has the most question marks. We've lost players, and 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 uh, it's just you know that's that's where we need to improve the most. I would say. So, he's joined uh, by Phil Troutwine, who's our new uh, offensive line coach coming in from Boston College, and uh, he brings quite a pedigree, including oh. uh, having done some really really incredible stuff at Boston College. Um, so, so we got a new coaching group coming in. Well, let's talk um, about, let's talk about Phil real quick. Let's, let's talk about Phil. We got it. We, this is, this is introduction. You know, we, like, uh, I gave you a Taylor Stubblefield's introduction. We well, got, you like, got, you got some stuff on Phil for me? Well, it's his eighth year in coaching. He went to Florida and played on the offensive line for Florida. He graduated in 2007. Uh, and he, um, I believe he got a graduate degree in 2008 and then also got a degree from Boston College in 2014. So he served, um, he served as the offensive line coach for the last two seasons at Boston College. And they, they made it to uh, a bowl game both those years. Um, but he guided all five of his starting offensive linemen to 2019 All ACC honors. All five. That's, that's all five of his linemen uh, last year had All ACC honors. Now I'm not saying they were all first team, but like right. they all, whether it was first, second, third, or honorable mention, they all, you know, reached All ACC accolades. And, um, and as a as a uh, squad, uh, Boston College line, and didn't they like help? I feel like Boston College had like the best running. Well, I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna like, get to oh, that. Are you ready? Please, Are you ready? Yeah, Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Appar- Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <I'm> ready. <laughs> the Eagles, the Boston College Eagles, allowed just 11 sacks in 2019, which was the third fewest in college football in the FBS in the country. In the country, in the FBS. I think Sean Clifford would enjoy. Oh yeah. like that from his line. And they they only gave up 57 tackles for a loss, which was 13th best, and. Also, Boston College averaged 267.8 rushing yards per game to rank fifth in the FBS in rushing offense. And, I mean, and you know they play some decent people over there in the ACC. I mean, they play some decent lines for sure. That's, That's you know, what I'm you got Miami, you got uh, you know, of course, Clemson. in terms of defenses that they would have had to face. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, so you factor in, you know, all of that expertise and experience from a. Uh, standpoint of coaching the offensive line, we have five returning starters on our offensive line with with yeah. tons of experience. Okay, Which we're and gonna get to in a little bit, right? I'm just saying, uh-huh. just saying. Okay, <laughs> just you think about that for a minute. All right, I'll let you. So carry speaking on. <laughs> of players, speaking of players, um, we we've lost some contributors on the offense um, since between now and the last 
uh, time we saw him take the field. And we've gained, you know, there'll be some new faces coming, not quite as many, um, but let's let's just review those for a second. I think you know probably the biggest name that we've lost is KJ Hamler. Uh, that is correct. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. <laughs> um, but we've also lost uh, Nick Bowers, who is a who is a great uh, tight end, uh, known more for his blocking than his a reliable, re- a reliable, reliable leader. On you know, he was a fifth year senior, so yeah, losing a fifth year senior that's been a contributor and has experience is and then we've lost, not insignificant. We've lost two people, not due to graduation. Um, one to transfer, and one we're not two. sure yet. We just two. We just, so two to transfer. Who do we lose transfer time? We lost Justin Shorter. Yep. Well, and and the others in the in the porthole now. Port porthole portal <laughs> portholes portal. Yeah, sailor. Okay, so John Dunmore just this week ha- ha- announced that yeah, he is entering the transfer portal. He hasn't he hasn't announced where he's transferring to, but like he was set. Him and Justin Shorter were going to be significant contributors this year if if they you know were getting the work in and practice and staying healthy. They were. They were slated to. They were big time recruits. Obviously, Justin Shorter yeah, so was a, a five star. Alluded, John Dunmore was a four star. As we alluded to earlier, a lot of question marks on that wide receiving core, and the, those losses are not going to um, help with that. Um, now, in terms of of new oh, faces and, and, coming, and in. last last we forgot Ricky Slade. Um, yes, we forgot Ricky Slade yes. transferred to Ricky Ronnie's old Dominion, which I that makes the dominators because Ricky Ronnie probably helped recruit Ricky Slade. Which was the top, you know, all-purpose yeah. back in the country the year he was graduated. So he's he's talented, and he he just wasn't getting the reps he wanted. And and we wish him the best. We wish all all of them the best, uh, except Absolutely. for we don't wish their teams the best. We just wish their individual efforts the best. <laughs> I'd like to see Florida yes. lose every game from here on out. Uh, to Old the Dominion end of my can life. can win every game for all I care. They're good. Yeah, you know, absolutely, but, but not but, Florida. But, no, not Florida. Absolutely no, not. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but but we have some new guys. Uh, that we're likely to see, um, who are who are some new contributors, hopefully this year. Um, we've got Kaziah Holmes, a new running back. Um, we got a, a deep running back a team. A lot of buzz around Kaziah. D- deep uh, running back crew, but Kaziah might be someone who who makes some contributions this year. And then we have two people um, who, who will be hopefully catching footballs for us this year. Um, one, a wide receiver, Keandre Lambert Smith, where we're hearing a lot of buzz. Yep. Uh, in camp from him. And then Theo Johnson, uh, who is a really, really highly touted tight end recruit. Also I think he was, I think by some, you know, recruiting, um, recruit necks, whatever you want to call people, you know, recruiting services. Um, he, I think, I think Theo was the number one tight end in the country. Um, according to some wow. people, uh, just for whatever that's exciting. Was. Uh, yeah, he is. And I believe, uh, you know, he's, he is already right now endearing himself to the uh, coaching staff and the tight end room. And uh, you know this dude is six foot six, two hundred and forty two pounds. He was the seventy second seventy second ranked overall national recruit. I mean, Crazy. he is he's he's borderline five star talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, can you imagine being a senior in high school, being six six, two forty two? Like, wow. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in terms of physical uh, ability or, or, or physical attributes, he's, you know, he's really exciting to think about having on our team. And we'll see if, yeah. They, again, we'll get to this in a moment, but can he catch the ball? <laughs> That's all we need. That's all, that is literally all we ask of you is just to, to, if you can get one or two mitts on the ball, catch it. Just catch it. Please. Please. 
Um, yeah. So, and, and to go back to Keziah Holmes, let me just, let's just reiterate, you know, Franklin and his coaching staff is he's, he's recruiting on a national scale. Like this is this kid, Keziah Holmes is out of Florida. You know, we've had now, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Noah Kane is out of Louisiana, you know, and, and these, these, these stud athletes are coming from places that, you know, in years past, we would have had no shot at getting recruits from these places at all. You know, we, uh, Paterno has, you know, always recruited close to home, more or less, with the exception of some some other standout talents. But those were very few and far between. Those were the exceptions and not the rule. Um, so it's just exciting to continue to see us recruit players from Florida, Texas, uh, and, and in some cases California, and in other cases Canada. Um, so it's just interesting. It's just interesting to see how, where they're coming from and, and, and that they're like legit talent coming out of these places. Yeah. And, and, um, it's exciting that, that, yeah, our, our recruiting classes are, are showing up on the, you know, top 10, top twenties and, um, yeah, it gives us a, gives us a chance yeah. to, to, to be competitive uh, against, you know, certainly Ohio State is the one that, that seems to be the thorn in our side every year, but um, uh, among they the other the national... We have to live up to. Yeah, but among That's the right. other national programs as well. So, yeah. so we've, on offense, we've got, a, 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 you know, I think we're expecting to have a, a strong core coming back, but we've got some new faces, in particular some new coaches that, that, that leaves us with a sense of you know, mystery about what exactly we're going to see. And of course we don't have those uh, cupcake teams to, 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 you know, sort of work out the kinks. We're going to, we're going to jump right into the big buffer games. Yeah. yeah, No buffer games, but, um, but, you know, I think for, for us, the biggest question as well as the biggest excitement, as we kind of were alluding to earlier is Kirk Sharaka and his new offense. And what is he going to bring to the table? What are we going to see? Um, you know, there are some things that we have in, on our on our Penn State team that um, what were not available to him at Minnesota in terms of some tremendous running backs and tight ends, and he had some tools that that we don't have in terms of proven wide receivers that he really exploited at Minnesota. So it's a, it's hard to say, you know, to look at Minnesota's offense and have a clear sense of what we're going to see at Penn State. But what we do know is that Kirk Sharaka has got a great mind for calling offenses. So what do you think you're, we're going to see from Kirk Sharaka? What do you hope to see from Kirk Sharaka this year? Um, well, it's interesting because uh, I, I, I think we uh, talked a little bit about it in the, uh, in the previous episode. Uh, and specifically, I think I talked about this a little bit in the previous episode and what I was excited for. Uh, and hopefully we can just take a little deeper dive into that right now. But basically, um, we only really have um, Minnesota's snapshot season last year to kind of go off of for, for like expectations. But, but it, you know, from what I can tell is that Kirk Sharaka took the tools that he had, the known quantities that he had, which was big athletic receivers that ran crisp routes and, and caught the ball well. And a, and a, and a quarterback who, who basically just didn't make game losing mistakes and, and, and exceeded expectations from a throwing standpoint. So he, so basically he took um, a quarterback and, and squeezed the most out of that quarterback. You know, he really did. And then he squeezed the most out of his known quantities with these big receivers. And, but one thing that 
Kirk wasn't doing in that offense for Minnesota was he wasn't throwing the ball to his tight ends much at all, and he wasn't throwing the ball to his uh, running backs either, um, which that is literally the flip opposite of what we're dealing with from a known quantity on yeah, offense. Yeah, in terms of, I mean, in terms of our best players on the team on offense outside as of, it stands right now, as, 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 as we understand it right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, we mentioned Kay Andre Lambert. Smith and maybe and we haven't even mentioned Jahan Dotson. Like Jahan Dotson, right? Of course, is going to be a good player for us. But like, but he's in terms the of only his... known quantity at receiver that we have. Right. And in terms of his productivity last year, you wouldn't say. I mean, he was very reliable uh, receiver, which you're really, really happy he had for. Big time catches yes, for us, absolutely, and big time um, situations. You know, but in in terms of the, you know, I would say in terms of the the top players that we have right now, aside from Sean Clifford, um, we, we've got uh, our amazing tight end, right? Z. Uh, no, tight ends. Okay, <laughs> dude, we have four. We go four deep with with like, is it four deep? Yeah, it's four deep. We go four deep, dude. We, the, yeah, they but, will all play. but only one of them is being talked about as a first round player. Okay, okay, but we, I think, uh, the the tight end group, the tight end coach, and uh, Pat. I'm Fryer just saying in well. terms of, I'm just saying in terms of top talent, the, the uh, top fine. guys, fine, that are going to be on the field, fine, right? Keep so, going. <laughs> so we've got our tight end, yes, and we've got our running back. Again, <laughs> <laughs> you are busting my balls, dude. Running backs, dude. We have I know. two we, that's proven, true. and that's not true. a third proven like athlete there at running back. And again, a fourth waiting in the wings to show their talents as well. So listen, you're right. The we have Journey Brown, but you ne- don't don't neglect Noah Kane. These guys have been, you know, working the jug machines, running around to the wide receivers, getting up to speed, and and they've already proven that they can run the ball. No, Kane and, and is smashing between the tackles, and Journey Brown is creating plays in space that are just like I mean he's he's such a naturally gifted runner. It's just it's fun to watch. You know what I'm saying? Like the dude can his top end speed, and he's and he can run someone over too. So we so we just need where I was going initially was Kirk Sharaka needs to take these pieces yeah. instead of trying to fit them into his. Previous yeah. offense, he needs to create an offense that is tailor made for. I mean, didn't you feel like Pat Fryermuth did not get the ball enough last year? I will feel that way about every single player who's awesome. Right, like, but that's like that, how much? How much do you wish that we had been able to run Miles Sanders more? A, a much, a very much felt that way. You know, or or even Saquon. Like, why didn't Sa- Saquon Barkley could have had two thousand yards rushing alone? Like. Uh, you know, like that like, said, I get will the ball say, to your play. KJ Hamler didn't get the ball enough either. I agree. I agree. Not nearly. So yes, he didn't. So Ricky Ronnie was was um, deficient in his ability to unlock his playmakers in terms of like full blown onslaught production. Yes. You yes. Know? So I to me, I'm, my my hope is that actually I listened. I think it was a, a media day interview with. Kirk Sharaka, and and he said, and I, you know, I would guess that a lot of offensive coordinators are going to say this, but it was nice to hear him say, "I want to get the ball to my playmakers." So I, I'm I'm really hopeful that we'll see Pat Pat Fryermuth, a, a major part of this offense, uh, Journey Brown, Noah Kane, major part of this offense. That that we're going to be designing plays. Well, I should say he. I mean, I 
I'll send them we, my suggestions. No, we are definitely going to be writing on napkins and sending them in, <laughs> slipping them into his pockets, and saying, I, Kirk Chiraca, wrote this play down. Yes, I'll give him the full rights to all of my plays. Um, but but anyway, um, you know, I, I you, you hope that he's designing. But what what I think if you if you couple that with the creativity and the um, you know attention to detail that we saw in Minnesota's offense, and you and you um, adapt it to the the pieces that we're going to be able to put on the field, I'm really hopeful that we're going to have have an offense that is dynamic um, and and you know I mean what I what I hate about when the offense goes on the field um, when you're watching your team and it's like the, the three and out and the three and out and they don't get a rhythm going and it's just like it's like what are you doing? Like you're not using your playmakers. You're yeah, not. That is the ultimate fan frustration. And it that's is the ultimate it fan really ignorance is. for not understanding like, <laughs> like yeah, how true. much work it takes <laughs> to be able to make this uh, any offense go and and be you know have momentum and be fluid and like just consistent. You yeah, know. and but, but you're dealing with 11, 18 to twenty two year olds at any one given time. Like granted, it's tough. It's tough. Granted, and you know it's when they finally in the NFL apparently when they finally <laughs> reach our age, they'll they'll won't have to, you know, deal with their inexperience. We have, we have and figured it out. We totally, one hundred percent. We know what we're doing. We have no improvements time. to be made. <laughs> we are gold. <laughs> all right, but, but so, granted, yeah, they're you know, yeah, these are these are eighteen to twenty-two year olds for the most part that we're dealing with, and and our our emotional lives are riding on their oh, performance, man. and that's oh, terrible. Undefeated, but, undefeated, <laughs> undefeated. Expectations high, <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, um, you know. Against a team like Ohio State, you expect to have a grind and really have a hard time with it. But it felt like there, there have been too many times in the last few seasons where against competition where we had better talent on the field, you just weren't exploiting the superior talent. So I, I really hope that we see that both in terms of, of uh, intentionally getting the ball to your best players, but also in terms of having a scheme that's going to create opportunities for these guys to really perform. And I think Kirk Schrock will, I have high hopes for Kirk Schrock on that, on that count. Our um, therapy bill is riding on it. (laughs) 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 And I'm very low on funds for the therapy bill this month. No. So yeah, we, we are, we are definitely, you know, optimism is high every single year, but optimism I feel like is even higher this year than it was last year. Um, because a, I mean, let's not neglect the fact that Clifford is now an experienced starting quarterback in the Big Ten. You know, and and there are and a he lot was of good things, last year. He I was, was good. I was going to say there were a lot of things you could maybe criticize about Absolutely. performance last year, but I think you know overall we saw a lot of really good things. There were a lot of bright spots, and um, uh, you know, a new offensive coordinator with the right touch and the right experience. I, I think we could be really optimistic. It's it's not. It's not um, unrealistic to to feel really good about the potential for Sean Clifford this year that he would take a big step forward, and I would love to see that uh, both in terms of his accuracy and his decision making. Uh, I would also beg to 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 make the submission that um, he needs to work on his uh, footwork. Well, I mean, yes, yes, like, like that. To me, it kind of started there because he was always like like he. It's like he would look for his first, you know, option, and then it basically like 
started to fall apart and he's just, yeah. his feet would just start dancing around all nimbly bimbly and he would just like you'd be like you'd be like chill out a little dude. ballet dancer like 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 how much coffee did you drink before this game like how many monster energy drinks did you drink before this game like i'm all for like getting hyped up but one thing that i can say that from an early um standpoint under like trace mcsorley when he was first brought in as the starting quarterback when he beat out Clifford, by the way, right? I think that's how that worked out. Um, he uh, – no, I guess that was Tommy Stevens. I'm sorry. Yeah, he beat out Clifford Steven. beat out Stevens. I apologize. I'm an idiot. I'm a, I'm a full-blown moron. Um, but so so McSorley was cool, calm, and collected in the pocket by, by and large. I mean, specifically, like, you know, when, when you're looking to compare the two. Now, that's just – McSorley has was experienced in high school and winning, you know, state titles and just you know having experience there, um, and and being calm, cool, and collected in big time environments. Um, so Clifford got that experience last year. So we really need to see I, I the transition from yes. from a first year starting quarterback in the Big Ten under the tutelage of a you know hopefully little quarterback whisperer. I hope in, so. In I mean, again, Tanner Morgan. Um, you know, we don't know what kind of raw material um, Kirk Schrocka had to work with, but, you know, he made Tanner Morgan look really good that um, last year. Yeah. So, but here's the other thing that I think, um, you know, some of the happy feet that we saw from Sean Clifford, I think, had to do with it. He didn't have as much confidence about standing in the pocket. And some of that has to do with the offensive line. And, you know, I want to take a few minutes and talk about the the offensive line. And, um, you know, as you said earlier, I think we've got like five returning starters, right? Six, six guys with major experience coming back oh, yeah. and, and a, a new offensive line coach in Fell Troutwine who've done amazing things with the players that he's coached up. How much do you think we're going to see, uh, you know, a, an all big 10 offensive line this year wow that is quite the question I mean, do we do, do we have a chance to have the best o-line that we've seen do we have a chance absolutely we have a chance how how long <laughs> what do you think are we gonna is it gonna come together this year is it are i we think gonna... we'll definitely have all big 10 talent um at the accolades on the line are we gonna see you know, five players on the All Big Ten, you know, accolade uh, sheet at the end of the year. I don't know. Like, like I'll say, you know, we had a true freshman um, uh, left tackle. Like, I mean, this dude came straight in to the Big Ten and took on, you know, the left yeah. the left tackle position at Penn State University. Which, I mean, to take on DNs for the blind side of your quarterback. In the Big Ten. Against the dude. likes of Ohio State. And to be clear, I'm talking Rasheed Walker here. Yes. Um, so he's a true sophomore this season. Got a full season under his belt for, for being the, the the cornerstone. And he is a, was, by the way, a great recruit, which is, by the way, also why he was able to take that um, starting position as a true freshman. Clearly talent. They were like, yep. this guy's to the top of the chart. You know, there's he's huge too. So he's this guy's gonna get drafted someday. You know, barring barring injury or or anything like that. And you know, knock on wood that that all these guys uh, stay healthy. Um, but yeah, Rashid Walker 
he has, I'd say he has the biggest upside in terms of being a first team all Big Ten um, type of uh, left tackle. Now we have Mike Miranda at left guard. As, this is, by the way, a projected depth chart right now. Who knows? You know, we're still waiting to see the projected depth chart. Uh, or the, I'm sorry, we're still waiting to see the depth chart come out from Penn State football for for the for opening game against Indiana. Um, also, we're, there's probably going to be uh, some numbers changed uh, here and there um, between now and and kickoff. Um, but as it stands right now, a projected depth chart: we have Rasheed Walker at left tackle, Mike Miranda at left guard, Michael Minnett at center, C.J. Thorpe, who is a <laughs> just uh, a, a brutally crushing like run. Mm-hmm. Uh, run blocking guard, and he's a beast, and he has he has fire in him, and I, I like this guy is fun to watch, and uh, so he's at our he's at right guard, and right tackle is Will Fries. All those feels like dudes, Will Fries has been here forever. Well, it's because they were talking about him like, about um, removing his red shirt back in two thousand seventeen, yeah. when our offensive line was like you know, badly badly you know wounded. Um, so and they were like they really of, liked Will Fries. So so he's he, they all have a ton of experience, man. They really and speaking do. of right tackle, I've I've heard really good things about Caden Wallace as well. Yeah, he's backing right up behind Will, Will Fries, Fries right now, and and he I think he's been pushing Will Fries this year, and they were kind of talking about like how to get Caden Wallace in there, and I bet he'll rotate in sometimes. I bet he'll see, you know, maybe he'll only get his four games and red shirt. I don't know, um, but or is he? I'm sorry, is is Caden Wallace a uh, He's he's a he's a sophomore now, right? Yeah. Or or is yeah, this his first? He's already had his red shirt. Yeah. Is that true? Okay, I'm yeah. an idiot. Again, he's a sophomore idiot, with moron. freshman eligibility. Okay, cool. Got it. He red shirt last year. All that to say, and and I think that probably the depth, barring injury, I think the depth chart is probably that that's probably a pretty solid depth chart for the offensive line going in. And and all of these guys have at least a full year. Many of them multiple years of experience. And I would say, like, you know. A really rewarding game to watch in terms of offensive line, especially with the run game, was that Cotton Bowl game against Memphis, and oh, yeah. and they just took over, steamrolled, steamrolled. Oh, I think it was sort of like what I've been hoping to see for the last two seasons. Oh yeah, really. And and so I, I do have a lot of hope that that especially with you know hopefully this this new offensive line coach is gonna gonna help them put all the pieces together. And for that what it's we, worth, for, to mention uh, Kirk Shiraka and the bowl game, you know, we hired Kirk Shiraka before the bowl game. Yeah, so Kirk he was Shiraka there for was that on game. the sidelines for that bowl game. So he was able to witness. Yeah, he wasn't calling the game. No, he wasn't calling the game, but he was there. He was on the sidelines. He's a member of the staff at that point, but just not coordinating at that point. So, so he was able to see, witness firsthand, you know, Journey Brown run for over 200 yards. He was able yeah. to witness firsthand Noah Kane running for all, nearly 100 yards. Like I think I saw 91. him salivating on the sideline during the game. Uh, we all were. I, I was there <laughs> with him. You know, <laughs> um, but you know, so ho- hopefully, like we we have a, a an improvement from last year's improved offensive line, and I do think. And let's talk about Sean Clifford and the quarterbacks now. But I do think that having a good offensive line is going to make a huge difference in Sean Clifford's game. And hopefully he himself has improved. Um, and so, you know. Well, I'm just going to say this is this is hands down going to be Franklin's best offensive line to date. Absolutely. So, so you got you to gotta make the most of it. You and have, hand, this is now is the time. Now's the time. Yeah. And, and hand it to to. James Franklin. I mean, it was a multi-year project. I mean, it was, you know, I don't think people the, understand how difficult no. it's probably been for him to to piece this offensive line together from an offensive unit, offensive line unit that Bill O'Brien left 
basically in shambles, which he had to pick and choose where he, you yeah, know, put his put his scholarships back then with our with both hands tied behind our backs. Like it was, that's you pick pick your poison there. He he picked. I mean, it's it's ironic. It's because he was an offensive lineman at Brown. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> and he's coached offensive line, but somehow the, his offensive line. Maybe he hey, thought he rec- could coach him up without maybe you know having the talent or something. I don't know. He hated the but- media, so he never learned. <laughs> That's true. Um, but, you know, water under the bridge. Um, yeah. You know, so so with the offensive line, you know, hopefully making a leap to the next level, to the elite level of offensive lines. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for Sean Clifford to have some confidence that he's going to get that extra half a second? To, to, well. Mm-hmm. What do you think? When, when talking about the offensive line and bringing in Phil Troutwine's experience and what he did with Boston College – what did I what did I say? What did, what what was the stat I read? How many sacks was they, they were like 11, third best? Yeah, ele- third, third best, best in, in the, the country? country. Exactly. Okay. So what's what's the next step for Clifford? It's literally taking the next step in the pocket. Uh-huh. That's Stepping not a dance. <laughs> Stepping up. Yeah, like you have you he is gonna have room to to be in the pocket and set his feet. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> that's I mean that's 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 really where his. Um, evolution as a quarterback has to get to is is ha- you know having an offensive line that gives him the time to to become a better quarterback. You know when I started to get excited about Sean Clifford? Was, no, I don't. Was that game? I think it was against Kent State, and mm. he threw the longest oh. touchdown pass in Penn State history to Daniel George. To at the time, I think number eighty six, Daniel George, who is now number eleven. But he caught the ball, right? He did. <laughs> he catch got the, the ball. ball. Are you sure that was Kent State? I, I'm not sure about that, but I'm, but you know, it's like, <laughs> and he dropped that ball. Insert Mac team <laughs> on a dime. He did. He did. It was, a, it, yeah. And, and so that was, that was when Trace McSorley was still around, by the way. He was. So that so the game was, the game was in hand. He was, he came in in relief and he just sat back there and he, he threw up the most beautiful long ball. It was like he put so much. Uh, air under he dropped it. it in like Russell Wilson dro- drops him in. Russell Wilson talks mm-hmm. about throwing it into a basket. Yep. You know, like like who cares about your arm strength throwing things on a rope when putting it on putting them on a rope is like that's you're thinking like two dimensionally, not three dimensionally. You're like you're like that's how the defender gets in the way of it, steps in front of it, and then you're just like oh pick six, boom. But like putting air under it gives your you know big. Big, fast wide receivers a chance to get under it, catch it in stride. You know, so that's, I think that's I, why Russell Wilson's yeah. so good. I think you know? that that's what I was expecting to see a little more of last year. Ricky Ronnie, and, quarterback coach. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think again, there there may be any number of reasons we didn't see that, but Ricky Ronnie, but quarterback coach. I you know. I've been excited about Sean Clifford as uh, the, as and his possibilities as quarterback for a while, and maybe this is the year that we see all of those tools now finally come out when he's got the extra I don't know half a second because of um, because of the offensive line, and he can he can put together uh, some decision making and some accuracy that will just break the backs 
of our opponents on offense. I think we've like, got that like McSor- like, like, Listen, like, remember McSorley and his deep I remember. balls? I remember. Oh, oh, man, was, I do miss that. Receivers oh. catching them, yeah, get, grabbing them. Catching the ball. Grab, but, like, going up and getting them, too. Like, yeah. like Chris Godwin, Mike Kosicki. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of Mike Kosicki. Saeed Blacknall. Saeed Blacknall, no doubt. Irvin Charles. Those guys were big-bodied receivers and can go up and get some balls. Um, and so so with with that, you know, that's that's why – you know, our, this known quantity with our tight ends, Pat Fryermuth, um, Zach Kuntz, Brenton Strange, and now incoming freshman Theo Johnson, like these are big dudes. Yeah. Big they, di- like g- give them the ability to, to yes. get the ball. Like uh, get like they are huge. Flex them out wide, right? Yes. You know? I mean, throw it where only they can get it. Mm-hmm. You know, like just that's – there's a – a wealth of options, just in the, from the tight end perspective alone, and we and we really need to like see Kirk Sharaka understand how to utilize two tight end sets, two running back sets, and like get you un- get unique and creative with how you're getting these guys open in space because we got athletes all over the field, you know, and 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 like you know, I, I want to see the wide receivers, you know, come up. And, 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 you know, dominate games too. But, like, we got these tight ends. we got to use them. And, and Kirk Sharaka needs to figure it out for sure. So let's, let's talk about the wide receivers that um, Sean Clifford's going to have to be able to rely on, um, the tight ends and the, the true receivers. You know, we, we, we know that we've got a great tight end uh, crew. You know, we, we know that, um, you know, the, the people that, He's going to be thrown to, and we hope that with Pat Frymuth and Zach Kuntz, um, even Brenton Strange, Theo Johnson, that that Kirk Sharaka works them into the offense. But the thing, you know, for me with Pat Frymuth is he's almost automatic when the ball gets to you know into his, his radius, his catch he's radius. Gonna, yeah, he, he's going to fight. He, he's going to fight off um, the defender, and he's going to probably break a tackle too, which is and again, break why somebody. You, why you want to design plays that get get him the ball? Um, but he's a known quantity. You know, I'm really excited that he's come back um, for his his final season. I'm hoping he has a a career season. I'm really excited to 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 watch him uh, make game breaking catches. Um, who are the who are the other receivers that we're going to be watching Sean Clifford throw the ball to? Who is it going to be? Who's going to step up? Who's going to actually reliably catch the ball this year? It was really KJ Hamler. Last year, and to a to a certain extent, Jahan Dotson. Uh, no, I, I I throw Jahan Dotson in there as a as a major contributor last year. Uh, I mean, he I think he had like close to 500 yards receiving, and had like, I think he had like six touchdowns. Like that's not insignificant. No, it's not. Joe Paterno offenses in the past, a receiver getting those kinds of numbers, unbelievable. You know, six TDs for a receiver, like. Come on, all right. So, so as it stands, I think the um, you know barring injury or or someone overtaking somebody on the depth chart uh, like a freshman or something like that, um, I, we're working with Daniel George. Now is his time. Now is his time to to to. He's our big-bodied receiver out there. Um, I want to. I mean, he was the one that Sean Clifford connected with. Yeah. In that yeah, yeah, yeah. in that big pass, and I was also excited about him. You know, I was a little disappointed. I thought last year we would see a little bit more out of him. And and it just seemed, again, he was part of the majority of the wide receiving crew who just didn't seem to be able to consistently catch the ball when the ball came to them. You know, his his opportunity is now is what I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. If there was ever like it's it's put up or shut up, I think, for him. And, And I don't mean that in a in a rude kind of like dismissive way. I mean, like just 
It's time, man. Like, yeah. Daniel George, if you were going to make your mark as a receiver at Penn State or in college football before a chance for going to the pros, you have to do that right now, Daniel George. And and we're, we're hoping you do because you, you've got all the physical tools and you've been around, you've got the experience, you've seen other – you've been under other receivers and watched them do it and, and you know, like, here's your shot. And if it's not – if, if, like, you know, he starts off and kind of goes the route that Justin Shorter did where, like, just kind of wasn't making plays, like, you know, not having uh, a connection with the, the, the quarterback, then there's guys like T.J. Jones and Cam Sullivan-Brown who are going to – or even Parker Washington that are going to kind of slide into – it's a next man up. So well, there's certainly but, a, a lot of opportunities for the guys on the wide receiving depth chart to – to, to step up. I've, but I, again, I feel like that's where we've been the last couple of years with the wide receivers. Who's going to make yeah. a contribution? Who's going to step up bes- besides the the one or two known quantities that we have on there? And it just seemed like it, it hasn't happened. And the, you know, the the dropsies, you know, yeah. the, the, you know, it's just like again a, with new, a new wide receivers coach. This is Taylor Stubble. Stubble I am really... I'm hopeful, you know, and I, I heard early on, like, one of the knocks on on Taylor Stubblefield is he's not a great recruiter, which, of course, is a big part of the game. But, like, quite frankly, right now, I don't I, I don't want to see a coach coach on the field. I want to see somebody teach people how to catch a ball, you know, get separation, you know, make contested catches, be reli- you know, be reliable. And when the ball comes to you and you get your hands on it, you can reel it in. You play and- to catch the ball. <laughs> I mean, how many times am, was I saying last year or in the last two years, like catch the ball? Oh, you know, man. it just felt like it was way too many times because and it down. wasn't like these catch were. It. <laughs> it, it wasn't like these were contested catches, difficult catches. These were catches that were, you know, at least for a college athlete playing at this level, pretty run of the mill. What are they practicing? <laughs> Like, like, again, it's hard to know what's happening. Yeah. Remember, there's that that part in the uh, the natural uh, where the, they bring the sports psychologist in. He's like, losing is a disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt like that's <laughs> yeah. like what's happening with <laughs> dropping <laughs> with is a dropping disease. is a disease. You know, it it's is. like they, it is. So it's that's well, what it well, felt like to to kind of like touch on that. Like, um, so last night I watched the Chicago Bears. Uh, beat the Tampa Buccaneers by one point, mm-hmm. thanks to Nick Foles now being undefeated against Poor Tom, <laughs> Tom Brady. Brady. So, so, but, but, ever all my my buddies out here are huge Chicago Bears fan, huge, and they have been living a culture of losing for a very long yes. time, and yes. they all of them thought that their kicker was going to miss. The simple kick to to go up by one towards the end, and even af- after he made it, they all were like, "We're gonna lose this game, Tom Brady's game," because that's just like, it's, wow. it's a disease. Like like losing is a disease, dropping is a disease, kick, missing kick, missing field goals is a disease. It's like it just recurs and recurs, and then you're just like, "This is what we do." So it's like when we drop the ball as a Penn State, you know, wide receiver, we're just like. Pfft. We we can't beat we can't beat this curse or whatever the heck it is you know disease. Well, and we're not going to get over it by sports psychology either. It's going to be somebody stepping in and changing the culture, and hopefully the coach will start to do that. But but we have a chance for the, some of these players, whether it's Daniel George or Kendry Lambert or someone else, to actually say, take the bull by the horns and 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 be the man. And, well, and get it done. So to touch to touch on that, uh, to, you know, you asked who's going to step up, and I mentioned Daniel George, but Keandre Lambert is, you know, true freshman. 
stepping in here, and I think he's locked down the the third uh, starting wide receiver spot. Well, we'll find out soon enough because we haven't seen an actual depth chart. But I, I, I mean, I'm looking at a projected depth chart from uh, you know, you know, Roar Lions Roar, and this is, and it's it's theirs. It's journalistic mumbo jumbo. It's mumbo jumbo, but it's what we got. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I know, that's what I said. We'll see, we'll see. But I, I I know that there's been a lot of really really good buzz about Keandre Lambert. He's going to be wearing camp. lucky number 13. <laughs> um, yeah, and it'll just be interesting to see, um, you know, how how much there is f- to go from buzz to actual production on the field uh, with this kid and some of these others. But, okay, so, so now, now, now there's one area that we haven't touched on yet and probably the most exciting area to talk about on the offense, which is the long boy. The lawn boys. So with the lawn boys, the lawn, yeah, the running back uh, unit. So what the lawn boys are are already discussing, all of them, is you know we were just discussing the wide receivers. These running backs are, and the coach Kirk Sharaka are making it a point of emphasis to catch the ball, to be receivers out of the backfield, to contribute significantly from a passing game standpoint. Because what what good are having options if you don't use them all? Yeah. And I think, you know, Journey is a great receiving option in part because of his speed and his size and his hands. I think he's going to – I think he's stud. Yeah. I think, I think you know, but I, what I heard, um, maybe it was an interview or something uh, of Noah, and, and Noah felt really excited about catching – I mean, you think of him more of like a bowling ball, you know, a wrecking ball going through the middle of the, of the line. But, but that's but, because that's the only way Ricky Ronnie used him. But, I, you know, it, it was really Ronnie. interesting to hear him say that, you know, he's excited to be catching the ball – um, and to be able to contribute in that. So, and again, I think looking at oh, by the way, Noah Kane, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I also do, and I will mm-hmm. continue to because that yes, is I'm my used role to here. Uh, go for self, it, self-proclaimed. No, role. you have something better to say than I have. To say, so mm, go yes for it. Noah Kane changed his diet in the off season. He, this dude's from, you know, Bayou, deep South Louisiana. And this kid just he, his his own words. He's like, I've only ever really eaten the, the the fried foods and the and the heavy foods and the you know the 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 fattening foods, the greasy foods. He changed his diet in the off season to like a much cleaner, um, you know, fresh produce and, and things of that nature to basically take his game to the next level, take his his nutrition to make him a better athlete, increase his. His, his, the, you know, like we all know we eat good. We feel good. We eat good. We feel good. We perform better mentally, physically, like, and from a running back standpoint, who's going to be going between the tackles. If, if your body's not recovering properly, then you're just not, I mean, he was injured a little bit last year. And, and I think that he is, it felt like his, his inability to recover was based at least in some way based on his inability to eat, uh, like, healthy foods. So that's kind of a big deal, in my opinion. Have your number one slash one B, whatever you want to call him, be like, all right, this is my true sophomore year, and I'm ready to take this to the next level. I I think that's what stands out to me about what you're telling me, is that, like, just, you know, stepping off the bus, he was a game wrecker, you know? You know, and to hear that, like, oh, that was without even really 
trying, you know, without really yeah. like yeah, attending yeah. to those kind of things and to hear. I didn't work like, on my. I didn't work on my receiving skills. I didn't work on proper diet nutrition. But here we are. I'm up in those it's, things. It's really exciting to see what Noah Kane will be able to do again. Noah Kane, Journey Brown behind this veteran offensive line with uh, a great offensive line coach coming in. I think the big question overall as we uh, wrap up the offense um, overview is, can all the pieces come together? We've got a new offensive coordinator, two new position coaches. Um, you, you know, a lot of the talent um, are coming back, but like the new system, the new, can it all function together in a, in, in a really cohesive way. cohesive way, you know, from one team, from the starting gun, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's like that's that's football, baby. Yeah. Can we can we can we get this team to to fire on all cylinders, like to or to to, to take a to make a Star Trek reference to fire on all thrusters, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, my dad will appreciate that. He's a Trekkie. Oh yeah. Uh, so so, and so are we by so, by uh, way of the, <laughs> genetics? Yeah, by, by way of extension. Um, so so offense, some really exciting things. Some question marks and I'm really excited. Let's shift our attention to the defense, okay? We've got uh for the most part uh, a solid defense returning, maybe a, a more than solid defense returning. I don't think we have quite as many question marks or mysteries about the defense, but there you'd be have surprised. Been some there you'd ha- be surprised. <laughs> I might be. But uh, uh but uh Let's just again, like like we did at the start of the offense. Let's let's just talk about you know who's leaving the who's left the program since last year and who's coming back. And I think that the the two big departures, um, and there are some others, but the two big ones are, are first of all Micah Parsons. I think everyone uh, who's been following the team knows that, and he, the, the decision's final that he's not coming back. And then we also lost uh, our 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 the heart of the defensive line, which is our uh, defensive line coach in Sean Spencer. Not to mention Yator Gross Matos, who was a top yes. draft pick. Yes. So and he's, not- he, by the way, just this week, Yator was um, labeled by some outlets uh, rookie of the rookie of the week. He had a big time game against, uh, I don't know who they played actually, but you know, for the Carolina Panthers, he's, he was starting, starting right out of, right out of, um, Right out of camp, right for, for, for game one. So, so, uh, so, we, so we, lost, we, lost, we lost Cam Brown, and we lost John Reed, yeah. and we lost Robert Windsor. These are all these you know these guys were all seniors and and I know. guess part of why it doesn't feel that you know stressful, even though yes they were huge contributors, is the people coming in behind them are are known quantities, and in a lot of respects. Um, just as exceptional as these people who we've we've lost. Yeah, I think that Penn State. I think I saw somewhere that you know, if you add up, uh, like we're in the top ten currently in the polls right now, um, but we're also in the top ten for most four and five star um, recruits. We have, I th- yeah, that are on our roster currently. Wow. So I think I think we're ranked like uh, eighth or ninth in that uh, category. I think we have like forty eight on our team, four and five star recruits. Uh, wow. If you add them all up, yeah. And so that- so it feels that way, you know, that like yes, uh, we lost Utor, but look who's right behind him. I mean, y- you know, Shaka Tony, Adisa Isaac, 
Jason Owe, Shane Simmons. I mean, these guys we've all seen already on this Penn State team perform and do exceptional things. Yeah, and and Jason Owe and um, Shaka Tony. Shaka Tony made a decision in the offseason to forego the draft. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if he was getting drafted or not, but I think he has the ability to get drafted after this season, particularly uh, based on the way he has the you know the ability to perform um, at a high level uh, as a senior here. He's going to be able um, to step right in. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he, he performed well last year. Like, right. like he, he's he's a big part of our our defensive line rotation, defensive end rotation last year. And then but, again um, with but, like, but but so also um, a lot of uh, um, journalist outlets, you know, draft gurus were everybody was pondering: is is Jason Owe going to leave this season? Like, was he going to opt out and just prepare for the NFL? And but then you know. Jason Owe stepped in after there was some speculation and basically said there was no decision. He's like, I was always playing. This is, he's like, I, I'm I'm here to, to to play football and to get better at, in college for Penn State. And I think he's he could have a game wrecking type season. I would love, to see, season. It. I would love is, to see it. He is like one of, um, what is it? Uh, Feldman's freaks? <laughs> is it Feldman? Uh, there's yeah. It's, I think Feldman does like a list of like biggest freaks in college football. Um, Bruce Feldman, um, and I mean, going into last season, Jason Owe was basically a non-contributor to Penn State football at this point in time last year, and you know, even just based on his athletics, athletic ability alone, I think he was like in the top like seven for biggest freaks in the whole college football of, you know, last year. So that was before he ever had a chance to perform or be a starter. Now he has a chance to be a starter, and he has this, you know, the spotlight is on him. And he's like, he runs like a 4-3-40. And he's like 260 pounds. And he's just like, he's a freak. So he's going to he's gonna do great things this year if, if he stays healthy. Him and Shaka Tony are going to be just, you know, bookends there. And But losing Robert Windsor, you know, we, we have um, – some guys stepping in on the defensive line, which uh, you know we. I mean, again, we, these we, guys are are people we have seen for the last year or two already. Antonio they're, they're, Shelton, PJ Mustafer, these guys are 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 like they're a dynamic duo down there. Anton, a- Antonio Shelton is going to eat up two, you know, uh, double teams. PJ Mustafer is going to eat up double double teams, and PJ Mustafer is quick and he gets through the line and just bull bull rushes people and can make tackles for a loss and you know slam running backs and be disruptive and cause fumbles like that's the type of talent we have on the inside and I'm excited for that that whole first first team on the defensive line without a doubt but then we have second team Adisa Isaac uh, behind Shaka Tony Shane Simmons which by the way this is his fifth year senior season and Shane Simmons is poised to finally live up to his recruit recruiting expectations as a, a five-star. He was our number one recruit uh, back when he was recruited. Um, so it, it's now, it's now or never for him quite literally, but we also have at the defensive tackle second team. Um, we have Fred Hansard and judge Culpepper. Judge Culpepper, which is definitely one the of the best, best names. names. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god, Judge, Judge Culpepper. Culpepper. Yeah, especially Judge. on a defensive line. Yeah, like yeah. I am the law. <laughs> At least gonna let's hope he does lay down yeah. the law. I hope so too. You know, and uh, um, yeah. So so you know, again, I, you know, not to say that losing Yator Grossmatos isn't a big loss. I mean, I think you know, most of the time you would say like, how are you going to replace him? But like, we're talking about 
these these names on the on the D line. And it's like wow, we've got a, an incredible defensive line. Yeah the, yeah, yeah. the big question mark, I think, for me is the coach. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, what is? Uh, and his name is uh, John Scott Jr. Is that right? I, be- I believe that is correct. And uh, you know, I don't I don't know much about him. I don't you know I don't know where he's been. I don't know what he's done. You know, he's got a I think a, a lot of uh, a big I shoes. I tell to you. I could tell you real quick if you'd like that. Well, I would like it. Uh, well, I'd be happy to tell you, Andy. Go um, right ahead. So, so John Scott Jr. came over from, um, I believe uh, it was um, NC State. Um, so he's he's going to be he, – he graduated from Western Carolina University in 2000. He's been coaching for 20 years, by the way. He's from South Carolina. And uh, sorry, that's where. So he came from South Carolina, not NC State. I apologize for that. Um, but uh, he he's he's um, was, under his guidance. Javon Kinlaw uh, was named first team All SEC by the coach by the coaches uh, last year. So he he's no stranger. And Kinlaw went on to be drafted in the first round, by the way, wow. by the by the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and he had another uh, defensive tackle that was uh, signed to a rookie free agent deal uh, by the Tennessee Titans. So point is, um, you know, he's he's not unaccustomed to dealing with talent on the defensive line and getting them to the to the NFL level. And I think so, like getting them to the next level is is good. I mean, it's good to 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 have the reputation as a program where, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get looked at by the NFL. That's part of how you get good talent. But I think the the bigger question is like, can you get these guys to perform as a unit? I mean, mm-hmm. they're the wild dogs, right? They're they're disruptive. They have an attitude. That's what Sean Spencer did for these guys. And you know, are we going to be able to maintain that edge and perhaps even take it to the next level? Where you know, there were some games, and I, we were talking about this uh, earlier um, before the podcast uh, hit record, but like. There were some times where, you know, as aggressive and amazing as our defense was, you know, we were in a third and long. All we had to do was get off the field and we let up that big pass. Or like, you know, it was a third and short and and they were able to get a, a run up the middle. And it just seemed like in some ways it's a boomer bust kind of defense in the last couple of years. Like and a Saquon Barkley. Like a Saquon Barkley. Only different. <laughs> yeah, except on the defense, right? You know, it's like looking for the home run, and when well, we, you get we've it, it's been amazing. A, a, a sacking machine on defense for several years Which now. I don't want to trade away. But yeah, for that's because that is I, a trade off. It's like, what, what would you rather be? Would you rather be the consistent, only allow them to get two yards, two point five yards a play, or and never get to the quarterback, or do you want to see them get to the quarterback? Makes make him throw, you know, pressure, make him throw interceptions, or make him fumble the ball because you strip sacked him, whatever, you know, like disruptive plays are hard to I come l- by. I like it. I want to see that, but I guess yeah. what I would like to see. And I know from a scheme perspective, it it's it probably means when you're when you're approaching the defense like that, you're you know you're gonna leave yourself open to certain things. But it seemed like in some critical moments in games when you really needed to stop, you just weren't able to get needed. It, you know, please, right? Like please. so, so you know because your D line didn't hold their their run gaps, or because like. You know, you just didn't get to the quarterback quickly enough, and you gave you know Justin Fields. He stepped to the side, and then he you know torched you for a twenty-four yard gain on you know third and sixteen or something like that. And it just you know, I mean, that's backbreaking. And so I guess the question is, you know, at least from the the from the line perspective, are we going to see them take the next step 
to with a new coach with a new know? coach, and I, you know, I, I hope so. But I think that's the question Coach mark. Chaos is a big loss. He was a, a motivator. He yeah. was a, a leader. He was a mentor to them. He was like a father figure to a lot of those dudes. And I'm sure they, you know, that's Coach Chaos still them. still keeps in touch with his players. Um, but he's coaching the Giants now, and 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 that. So John Scott has to. That's yeah, John Scott a great Jr. opportunity to build on the legacy that Sean's been yeah. for him. He d- John Scott Jr. looks like a stud though. He 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 was a, a defensive end for Western Carolina, um, and uh, and I know you like to judge a book by its cover. So I'm just saying he 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 looks the part. He looks the part of a of a of an athlete and a and a motivator. So so hopefully he can he can carry on the the tradition of for the Wild Dogs. Well, so you know we've talked about the. Um, D line in terms of what they've lost and what you know who's coming back. Now let's get let's, to the meat. Let's uh, it, we are linebacker you. We are linebacker you, baby. And and the one and just, the first. We've just lost perhaps the most highly touted linebacker in the country, who's not going to play his final season at Penn State. Yeah. Um, opted out. They toyed with it. They toyed with the idea of it for a few weeks before. Truly, truly stating I'm not coming back to Penn State even and, after. And know. let me just say, you know, no harm, no foul to Micah. I do. No, wish we love him. him. We love I you. I do man. wish him well. We're so grateful that we got to see what we got to see out of him. Uh, you know, disappointment for not seeing him this season uh, in no way uh, takes away from from what his future. It's just going to be a bright future for him. Excited and, and to him see best. him uh, play in the NFL and continue the linebacker you tradition making the leap into the NFL absolutely. making the LaVar leap into the, the LaVar NFL leap. absolutely so <laughs> but you know one of the things that's really bugged me as I've read you know some of the the season previews about Penn State is like you know uh, or like some of the Big Ten previews like Ohio State this and that and the other and then the Penn State thing is like well they've lost Micah Parsons can they overcome that loss and it's like do you guys have any idea who we have on <laughs> yeah. linebacker? I mean, yes, oh, it's a big yeah. loss, but like, like oh, yeah. we've got a linebacking crew that is is I, I would say second to none. I mean, on their own merits, these uh, young men are poised to be game wreckers as a unit, and it's not just uh, the starting three. We've got five, maybe six, really exceptional athletes. Uh, coming into that linebacker you, position, I would say we got at least we got six or. I mean, they're. It's hard to know where to stop when talking about these dudes. Yeah, because you got Zariah Fisher and and Curtis Jacobs and um, Charlie Catcher, Lance Dixon, uh, all all waiting in the wings to to make serious impacts. You know, like I don't forget the name Zariah Fisher when we're talking. Linebackers. Because I don't. He, I don't think I know anything an about Zariah Fisher. We'll have to he, talk about that sometime. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll get into that. But we'll, we're t- we're here to talk more so about. Yeah. Guys so like let's Jesse Lucada, Ellis yes. Brooks, Brandon Smith, Brandon Smith. I, yeah. I mean, I mentioned that in episode one, but like, wow, that dude, he just. What'd you say? Yeah. He's he's not a shock. It's not a shotgun. It's a cannon. <laughs> he's he dude. He's a cannon. He yeah. is he is a, a, a artillery. Like there's, I'm just the things that he can do. I think so. I would I would look at it this way. He is like a Micah Parsons athlete, you know. And Curtis really, Jacobs, be, Curtis Jacobs behind him is a is a Micah Parsons athlete. It's just now it's time for Brandon Smith to be on 
you know, the stage. It's his it's his turn to to you know embrace that linebacker you mentality and that Absolutely. like just ferocious sideline to sideline, just shedding tacklers and making you know just athletic plays and you know I, the one the one if I had to say the one improvement Micah Parsons had to make last year and he he broke passes up all the time but he dropped. Like sure fire interceptions, interceptions and possibly pick six interceptions. And again, I'm not the one out there messing this up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't do it, man. Like, Micah, I'm sorry if I'm even bringing this up, but like, if I'm if I'm uh, Brandon Smith, mm-hmm. like the the it, you could be that kind of tackler, that kind of explosive athlete, that kind of sack specialist, and you have the ability right now to catch the ball. <laughs> like that's all in front of you right now. And to a certain, certain extent, like there's a limitation to the comparisons, right? You know, sure. we want we want They're to not see exactly the same. Yeah, it's probably unfair yeah. to do that. And I just, right, exactly. I just did I just, it. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, it, it helps, but like you know, there there are some things I think that Brandon Smith uh, I saw from him were so unique, and, and one of those I think were, were his instincts. Like he was just, I, I mean, it, there was no hesitation for him. Like, the, and that's where I think that like you know he was like a, a piece of artillery. It's just like you know, he, it, it was from zero to 60 and he, it's like, he didn't even think about what to do. He just went yeah. and did it. And it was, yeah. it was like lightning and, and the, the force with which he, he, you know, hit the, um, you know, hit the ball carrier was just incredible. I, you know, so I think from a, both from a physical and a mental standpoint, I think Brandon Smith is going to bring some really exciting things, uh, to this defense. And, and I need to, um, make an addition to, you know, I just need to, to say, you know, we, lo- we lost Micah, we lost Cam Brown, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. and, 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 and he was a leader and he was athletic and he was, you know, maybe sometimes he missed some tackles, but he was a playmaker for sure. And losing him is tough, but we're, one we forgot to mention, and I just realized this is Jan Johnson. Now, yeah. losing Jan Johnson, he was a walk-on, but he was like a state champion wrestler. I think he even wrestled for the Penn State uh, wrestling team. He was he was like the quarterback. I, he was the, the quarterback of our of defense. defense. Yeah. So and, and I do we think have to replace a, the quarterback of our defense. I do think that's the question mark: is who's going to be the you know the the brains and the heart of that defense yeah. Yeah. Um, this year? And and you know I haven't heard anything coming out of camp that it's going to be this guy or that guy. My assumption, and and I my assumption could be wrong, but my assumption is that'll that'll fall on Alice Brooks. Well, that's, he's, I, you know he's I, got the experience. That's what I'm saying, and he's the and he's the projected middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only thing I would say is is if uh, if for some reason Jesse Lucada slides into that middle linebacking uh, role, but I doubt it. I doubt that's gonna work that way. It appears to be Ellis Brooks, and if, if Ellis Brooks stays healthy, I think it'll be him. And do you know who's backing up Ellis Brooks likely? Curtis Jacobs. Curtis, Curtis Jacobs. Curtis Jacobs is a, a true freshman coming in. Um, who, you know, is literally in the same mold as this Brandon Smith and Micah Parsons. And, and if, if for some reason he overtakes Ellis Brooks, uh, Ellis Brooks in, in camp, um, preseason, uh, you know, watch out for, for just having an unbelievable, you know, um, trio of, of athletic talent ready to roam the sidelines. But let's not neglect the fact that, um, you know, we, when it comes to third down, we pull a linebacker. Yes. Uh, typically, pull a linebacker off and, uh, in a and, and passing put a, situation. And then put a, 
yeah, and then put another linebacker in as one of the two, what like being a range, being rangy linebackers. Yeah, you know, like it Different was usually it, it was usually Cam and Micah that stayed out there, and, and Jan Johnson left. Mm-hmm. So like you might see, um, you might see like a. Uh, Sorry, my way to go. I blew it. <laughs> oh man! Do we not loser. notice silence? Our uh, I have devices. a new laptop. I have a new laptop, and I haven't gotten all its notifications and sounds turned off completely. So I apologize. Oh my god! Um, so so we when we put uh, I think when we put rangy linebackers out there for on third down or, or long passing you know likely passing situations, we'll probably see a Brandon Smith and a, maybe even Lance Dixon out there. Um, as he is taller, length, uh, lengthier, um, and uh, so, so I think that we are naturally progressing into discussing yeah, let's talk the, the D-backs, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, when we come, and, you know, and we, I guess we run a lot of nickel back, so we got, we do a lot of rotations, um, and we got a lot of guys back there with a lot of talent. And, and similar to the offense mm-hmm. where most of the questions and concerns are on the receiving core. I think most of the questions and concerns on the defense have to do with our defensive secondary and the defending of of the passes. Um, and to a certain extent, of course, the you know the run game and stuff. But yeah. Um, so let's talk about these guys. And uh, now on the on the positive side, we do other than John Reed, we have a lot of guys with experience coming back. Yes, and that's. That's good to know. The, you know, the downside for me is I there wasn't a lot about the performance of the secondary last year that that made me terribly excited. Mm. Well, again, we lose um, we lose uh, John Reed, yep. who was like, you know, rock steady for us when he wasn't injured, more or less, except for a little bit when he was getting back from injury. He was a little shaky at times, but largely performed well last year. Yeah, um, and he and he's and he's making a a significant impact uh, for the Houston uh, Texans in their defensive backfield, I think, as a nickel. Um, but anyway, so we have, um, you know, I'll just go down the the depth chart a little bit here. Projected depth chart again. Keaton Ellis um, is a starting cornerback alongside Tariq Castro Fields. Um, I think our our nickelback will will look to be um, either Marquise Wilson or Joey Porter Jr. Both do, both of those guys are. Uh, Incredible athletes and have good length, and probably will see the field a ton this year. And then our starting two safeties are Lamont Wade, that really came into his own last year. Like I mean, if re- he can really came into his if own he can last pick year. up where he left off and and add a little. I mean, he he was you know coming down um, you know as a, like a run stopping safety as a tackler. I mean, Lamont Wade had some really really good. Uh, we need a, we need year. a safety like that. You yes. got to have a safety like that. Absolutely. Now, now I definitely w- want to see him do a little bit more in coverage mm-hmm. and not, not like we, there was a lot of times last year where the safety was just there was no communication, miscommunications with the safeties and corners and p- players. You know, wide receivers. Minnesota got a game wide open. Wide Minnesota open. game, for example, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> backbreaking uh, touchdown, uh, you know, giving up a, a touchdown uh, late in the game. Well, uh, so so for what it's worth, um, you know, Lamont Way was a five-star athlete um, coming out of high school. And, uh, you know, for the first couple of years, we were just kind of like waiting for him to, to make his five-star presence felt from a production uh, and play standpoint on the defense. And um, 
it kind of we we it didn't we didn't see it for those first two years, but last year again, which was, last year was his junior year, really started to, to make those plays and kind of get a feel more for um, being a uh, every down player. And this year, being his senior season, I think you know, and and us needing you know senior leadership on the yeah. defense with the, yeah. with the you know the exodus of some of these other players. I think you're going to see him take take a step forward, and definitely from a, a leadership standpoint, I I think that's going to be crucial. And I do think Especially. the safety position is one that naturally leads itself, uh, lends itself to to the leadership on the defensive side. Yeah, we we Penn State has had a history of having uh, safeties be captains uh, for decades. You know, my whole life, I remember there being a lot of safeties that were like you know key cogs in, 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 in leadership and in quarterbacking the secondary and it's sometimes even just quarterbacking the entire yeah. you know football team. Sometimes yeah. those safeties can do that. You know, they're yeah. just like maybe the middle linebacker isn't quite as like naturally ready to do those uh, to make those adjustments you know pre pre snap. Um, sometimes the safety has the ability to do that. Uh, so whether he whether he does that or not remains to be seen. But it's, in terms of just a leadership standpoint, it's definitely um, going to uh, come from uh, a senior like Lamont Wade. Yeah, I think so. I, I think you're you're right, and that gives me something to look forward to in that in that secondary. And I hope that that um, that he takes a step up. And I think I hope he sets the tone. And, and I think that again, the, what the safety can do is set the tone for physicality. Set the yeah, tone he's for a physical hitter. Set the tone for for mental acuity and and knowing what you're supposed to do and knowing where you're supposed to be. And he's someone who can be on field, making sure that you don't have those kinds of breakdowns in the secondary that we saw. Last year, in terms of guys getting wide open yeah. uh, because of broken coverage and stuff like that, um, you know, I know, like at the end of the last year, um, two of the younger guys, uh, and you know, let's not forget about Tariq Castro Fields. He, I was he's, just he, thinking he's not. He's had a lot of promise and hasn't fully lived up to to um, you know. Yeah, but he also made a decision to come to back. Not, yeah, to not go to the NFL. He is back at Penn State. To you know, unfinished business probably for him, and hopefully increases draft stock, all that, all that stuff. But so I let's, think let's he's going to be him and Keaton Ellis. I think are going to really close the gap uh, this year. I mean, what is Tarika? Is he, he's a senior now. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So <laughs> so I you know I think that that Tariq, um, you know of course is going to have a chance to you know to live up to his his top billing. Um, that he's been talked about for two or three years as a as as somebody who could be one of the guys and and be a really outstanding cornerback. I maybe this will be the year for him, and I would I, I, we would all love to see that, and and we we hope that that he does take that step. But I think you know behind him um, are, are two younger guys um, who last year started to see the field and and people started to feel excited about in Keaton Ellis, who we've already mentioned, and Marquise Wilson. And I think these are two guys that that you know have some really, really good um, athletic qualities and you know just I'm looking for someone who can match up against, uh, receivers from Ohio State, frankly, you well, know, and, Ke- and Keaton and, and Tariq the have the size and length and the uh, the ability. It's just a matter of like, can they get it done? Perfection, like it's like you with know. wide receivers, it's like catch the ball. It's like with yeah, these yeah. guys, like you got to just cover got, the wide receiver. Cover the wide receiver. You know? So it's f- interesting you mentioned you know a couple of these younger guys, um, but so what what the the people we already went over and somebody we haven't mentioned yet uh is Jaquan Brisker yes 
you know, he was the top, um, I think he was the top JUCO transfer uh, out of, I think, Lackawanna College, That's Lackawanna Community College. Yeah. And, you know, he pl- he had some big plays for us last year. He's a big, uh, big dude, heavy hitter. Um, these guys are seniors, man. Jaquan Brisker, you know, um, Tariq Castro-Fields, uh, Lamont Wade, those three dudes are seniors. You know, they need it's their to, time. They need to lead these younger guys and and all work together to create some lockdown, you know, you know, re- coverage situations to to force by the way, force turnovers and not let guy not get beat, not get beat deep. Yes. Like like don't be out of position, like communicate pre-snap, communicate tackle pre-snap. Well. <laughs> yeah. Tackle well, cover your receivers or your yeah. zone. And uh, yeah, get those turnovers, uh, yeah. pass breakups and, and turnovers. Uh, you know, I mean, one or two, uh, uh, you know, interceptions uh, or breakups in, in a game against Ohio State, you know, one or two less uh, broken coverages in a game like Minnesota. And maybe those games turn out different. So this is yeah. a year that, and I do think there are a lot of times when, when a game has, has just sort of turned because we couldn't quite get the play in the secondary. And, and it's really great that Penn State is at the level where you can say, oh man, one or two plays or all oh, these guys who are five-star recruits and like they just didn't quite live up to... Yeah, and, like, one or two plays and we're playing for a Big Ten championship, exactly, possibly exactly. You know, national championship, as opposed to being like one or two plays and we could have had a winning season. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. You know, so... You know, so, you know We we're, are blessed. <laughs> absolutely. And, yeah. and um, you know, I think um, as we're, you know, we're going to talk about special teams in the next episode, but like stepping back from offense and defense, let's think about the the, the bigger picture of expectations. What's the, what's the potential here for our team, Tom? What do you, I mean, what are you, I mean, you're the optimist, you know, you're, you know, Big Ten oh, Championship dude, or broke, undefeated. but right. Undefeated. But like. Undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like. All day, every day, every week, every year, undefeated. I mean, we've got. Uh, I think we've got the makings of a really, really fantastic team. <laughs> my, me, and my other three uh, closest Penn State fans, uh, friends, rather, we are um, on a text chat, and at the beginning of every season for <laughs> for like a decade, uh, we have been running a text chat where we're like, "All right, the season's about to start. Let's hear everyone's season predictions." And I'm always like undefeated, undefeated every year. You know, it's like, and and my buddy, my buddy Joel and Cody uh, don't all. I mean, Cody typically, um, you know, I'd say 50, at least fifty percent of the time he he um, he says undefeated. But Joel is the, ever the pessimist, <laughs> what, and 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 he loves that I'm, I'm the Kool Aid drinking, you know. Penn State fan that that he just yeah I get ragged on for for my uh, you know blind optimism which will yeah. remain blind and will remain optimistic <laughs> from now until the end of time. Well, I think there are there's certainly some tricky parts of the schedule when we when we talk about you know the season preview uh, next time. You know we'll we'll talk a little bit about that, but I think just big picture, I, yeah, I would yeah. gotta say for myself. I mean, you're saying you're optimistic. You're under, you know you're saying we're gonna be undefeated. I, I think, I, I think we've got an exceptionally talented team, and although it's gonna be hard to know what exactly we're gonna get until we actually see them take the field, 
I, I'm really excited about this team that we're putting on the field. I'm really excited about the coaching staff that we have. I'm really excited about the guys who are coming back. I'm really excited about the new contributors. I think we've got a tremendous amount of potential. Uh, you know, will they live up to it? I sure hope so. Um, here's, here's what needs to happen. Here's the, these are the, in my let's opinion, let's hear these it. are the these are the two biggest factors in us winning every game moving forward. And that Forever, is with, with, for the with rest the, of our lives. Particularly this season, seeing all these other teams playing, tackling has been a big problem in in college football this year because mm-hmm. a lot of guys haven't haven't been, had the reps, ha- haven't had the reps, or put the pads on to do so because of like you know social distancing and like trying to limit the amount of exposure of people for or whatever the heck is going on out there in, in these practices. But like. Like, of all the teams that have played, I think it's like something like 75 or 74 teams have played so far, minus, you know, the conferences that have been uh, waiting to start their seasons. The worst tackling teams uh, are Texas, Oklahoma, and like uh, one other, maybe like Texas Tech. It was like, but like, if you don't tackle. And it shows. (laughs) And it shows. And if you don't tackle, you're not going to win games. All right, it's and on the flip football. side, and on the flip side, if you're not catching the ball, yeah. you're not going to win games. So we need to catch the ball, and we need to tackle well. Like if those things, if we are like above, like you know, proficient at, in those things, if you know, if we are above serviceable in those things, I think it is sky's the limit. Honestly, I really do. Yeah, we just got to get through I'm that Ohio you, State game. Like, we... yeah, that's gonna be. The, <laughs> I mean, and, the, the, and we'll get to that next episode of the yeah, season yeah, yeah. preview. But, but you know, that's where the rubber is gonna meet the road for sure. I, I think the one thing I would add to that is is in particular for the offense, the the functioning of the offensive line and can they put it together? Can they can they function like that? That you know, finely tuned on. machine. Yeah, because if they do, athletic machine. If they do, if they can, if they can do that, we've got the skill positions, including in our quarterback Sean Clifford, uh, our running back Journey Brown, our tight end Pat Frymuth. We've got the skill positions to just, and let's not forget Noah Kane. We got the skill positions to really score at will things. if the offensive line can give us the room. Hot take. Let's hear it. Hot take. Bold prediction. Wow. I'm doing it. Let's hear it. The offensive line is not going to be a thorn in our side this year. The, <laughs> that's, the, yeah, that's so bold, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I'll, I'll go bold. I'll go bolder. The offensive line will d- display dominance to, you know, uh, yes, in, in the majority of our games. You yes. Know, like, that Ohio State game will be a, a slugfest. You know they got the dogs to go go with our dogs, but I but with with the experience we have on the offensive line, and the new offensive coordinator and the new offensive uh, line coach, I'm I'm saying we're gonna see dominance. We're gonna see an offensive line that we have not seen since the days of Jeff Hardings and Marco Rivera in the '94 oh, offensive yes. line. Okay, and That's, I know we've had some decent ones in, in like 05 and like 07, 08, or 08, 09, whatever those years were with Daryl Clark was um, crushing crushing the QB position for us. Um, you know, there were some decent linemen we had um, make all Big Ten teams, but like that 94 offensive mm-hmm. line is 
basically one the, maybe the greatest offensive line Penn State has ever had. And and I all I'm I'm not saying this line is going to necessarily live up to that. All I'm saying is this will has the ability and could become our best offensive line since that year. You heard it here first. Boom. Boom predictions. We're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about how that might play out next episode. We're gonna do season preview, talk through the schedule and and what we're excited about for those games, what we're what we're worried about for each of those games, and then we're also gonna get to the one uh, phase of the game that we didn't get to talk to today. Talk about today, which is the special teams, and we got some. Exciting things on special teams, and it's an important part of the game. Um, so Big we're going to talk about that uh, for our next episode. Uh, really appreciate you guys joining us, Tom. You're awesome. I, you, you, I'll let you come back next time. Hey, thanks, man. I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. All right. <laughs> just humble, humbled to be able to be. Thanks part. for having me on the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone, really glad you listened to us. Uh, catch you next time. Uh, we're the Blue and White Brothers. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blue and White Brothers. Join us next time for another great episode about Penn State football. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Be sure to hit subscribe before you go. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review with overwhelming words of adulation and praise. 